are live sports social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. I have Miss Naomi Gray in the building. It is a Thursday, <laughs> so you know she is here. And uh, I mean, it's like I don't I don't know how to describe it because I'm a Knicks fan, so I, everyone knows this. I listen to the show. I want to say I'm happy, but I'm also kind of worried. Because it seemed way too good to be true. And if you've been living under a rock or you have no idea what's going on in the world, Derrick Rose is now a member of the New York Knicks. Yes, the same Derrick Rose, the one that won the MVP back in 2011, is the new point guard for the New York Knicks. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that are saying, okay, this isn't the greatest thing in the world. I mean, he may be washed up. He's not the same player he was he's been he's missed about 50 percent of his games the last four years all true all true mm-hmm. but considering the fact that our starting point guards averaged a grand total of six points a game in the last two years it's safe to say this is an upgrade for right. a guy who averaged 17 a game and five assists last year and people say are done is done last time i checked 17 points a game is not bad it's not MVP worthy, but it's not bad. But Derrick Rose, huge blockbuster trade that went down yesterday. The uh, Knicks sent out Jose Calderon, Jerry and Grant, Robin Lopez to Chicago for Rose, Justin Holiday, And this is the biggest thing that, that really attracted me. Next year's second round pick. You heard this, everyone. The Knicks have acquired a pick. Not giving it away. They've acquired a draft pick. Now, like I said, I'm still waking up because I'm thinking this is a dream that we were able to pull off this type of deal. Like, what was Chicago thinking when they said, let's give up Derrick Rose, throw in Justin Holiday, and then also a draft pick for Jose Calderon, Robin Lopez, and the only big person out of that was Jerry and Grant? Right? Am I, am I, maybe I'm under a rock. Maybe I think I'm that I they're. I, I I I think that they're in a rebuilding process. That's what I think they are. So they're just trying their options. Obviously, they're going to try to build a team around Mr. Butler. Oh, they definitely are. But it, Mr. Butler's got to be looking around like, okay, who's with me? Right. I got Jose yeah, Calderon, exactly. Robin Lopez, and uh, Jerry and Grant. That's who <laughs> I got with me. Jimmy Butler's going to have to average forty a game just from the you know make the playoffs. Right. There's no Pal Gasol. There's no Joakim Noah. Ooh. Mike Dunleavy? McDermott? Who, who's getting the shots? <laughs> I'm confused. I, I don't know what Chicago's trying to do here. They have the 14th pick this year. Well, for t- you know, for tonight's draft, they have the 14th pick. Uh, we're gonna break that, we're gonna break this down a lot more. But uh speaking of the NBA draft, there were a lot of trades league up to, to just like set this whole thing up today. Um, you're talking about draft picks involving the Boston Celtics, Utah Jazz. They're, they made a deal or are in the works of finishing up a deal involving Gordon Hayward. I don't know if you heard about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did hear that one. Uh, how it affects today's draft is big because your mock draft, you could basically throw it out the window now. Same thing if after that the Derrick Rose trade because now the Bulls are in the market for a point guard. There's plenty of them out there. You look at this this draft class, and obviously Ben Simmons, you know, Ingram, they're the two names that pop out. 
Um, Simmons is going to go number one. I think we could all agree on that. And Ingram will be number two. He's going to, to L.A. to replace Kobe Bryant. He did an interview with ESPN yesterday, and, and I thought it was hilarious when they were asking Ingram, how do you feel about replacing Kobe Bryant? And he had this look as if he was, uh, I'm not going to say the word, but I'm going to say under the influence. And he was like, sounds cool. Right. Like he, it was, it didn't phase him. Like it, it, you know, like I said, he seemed like he was under the influence. I'm not judging, but he seemed a little, you know, distracted. But with with that, you kind of don't want to get big headed, and you don't want to like, oh, you know, I'm very excited. You know, I, I plan to go in and do this and do that. So I'm happy he took the under influence, under, under influence, right? He took the okay, whatever influence he was taking. I mean, you gotta <laughs> they they check for those things, man. It's testing, but um. <laughs> We got you know players like that. Uh, Buddy Hyde is another player that everybody's high on. Um, he's uh, the senior out of Oklahoma State, and I don't even know. I don't even know what type of player he's going to be. He's a great scorer, amazing scorer. I just can't see him being any more than that. I don't know what what other parts of his game. That's that's the biggest question mark for me because I feel like if I'm going to draft a guy in the top ten, he has to have an all around game. That's my opinion. Um, Buddy's a great scorer, probably averaged 30 a game in the NBA. But can he do anything else? You know, ball handling, can he, you know, defense? It's We've seen a lot of scorers do nothing in the NBA. Just, Absolutely. That's the way it goes. Uh, like I said, there's a couple other players. Jalen Brown, they've been throwing out there. Arvita Sabonis' son, there's been another one. Um, uh, this this guy, Goran Bender, he's uh, another player overseas, kind of like Christos Porzingis, how last year he came out of nowhere. Like, who's Christos Porzingis, right? Yeah. Same type of situation. Now, everybody's like, should we take a chance on this guy? Mm-hmm. 6'10", can handle. He's actually friends with Porzingis. Wow, okay. If you're a team, do you take a chance on him like the Knicks took a chance on Porzingis now? You see how this is how it always happens. You got these little question marks in the in the fold now. It's a gamble. Oh, huge gamble. Huge. It's your franchise. Right. If you mess up in the top 10, your franchise is going to end up back in the top 10 the next year, and that's how GMs get fired. Right. That's just how it happens. So a lot of big decisions are going to be made in regards to that. Um, the um, the Nets, keep it a local, the Brooklyn Nets have been in the news this morning. Uh, they're trying to shop um, Thaddeus Young around to get into the draft. Because remember, the Nets don't have draft picks to like 2019. Right. Because they traded them all for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Mm-hmm. Boston has eight picks Sheesh. in this draft. Why the hell does the Boston Celtics have all these picks? <laughs> What are they gonna do with that? I don't. I don't know. This is this is the thing that I, I just don't understand. No, we're def- It's gonna be a. I I just feel it. Like I usually don't tune into the NBA draft, but something's telling me like it's gonna be. Oh yeah. Very, very, very interesting tonight. This is the this is the real deal right here. I mean, I'm gonna enjoy. Uh, I'm working it from from afar. I'm actually gonna be doing a lot of producing in regards to it, and I'm gonna be so looking forward to the reactions. Yeah. From people, and I'm talking about the people in terms of uh, just. Who's in the green room? Who's actually going to... You know, you ever seen that when you watch a draft, the people in the green room? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be that player that drops? That's what I want to know. <laughs> how are they going to affect... You know, how do they take that? Because think about if you're the agent and you've got a player that, that thought he was going to be in the top 10 and all of a sudden you're in, like, pick number 25, yeah. 26, 27. All that money's just be fading away. Fading away. <laughs> huh? It'll be another Draymond Green situation where they're, you know, recalling everybody oh, else yeah. who was picked ahead of them. Naming every single person under the book. It's, uh, like I said, it's a stressful process for every player that's involved in it, but it's exciting as a fan to watch because you're like, you know what? Season just ended. They crowned the Cavaliers as champions. 
now we get a chance to see what we have in the future. Right. Now we're all, you know, zero and zero. As a Knicks fan now, because there's this Derrick Rose trade and we're going to go heavy into it, you're excited. You're thinking, like, there's a future here. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason to turn on the TV and turn to MSG. There's a reason to maybe go to a game or two. You know? There's Absolutely. a reason. Because, I'm going to be honest with you, I would love to be watching meaningful basketball in April as a Knicks fan. That's what I would love to watch. I would love It'll to be great over. for the city. It'll be great for the city to finally have that. It's, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's number 25. Derrick Rose is number 25. That came out today. He's number 25. And um, we were just talking about this before the show started. He's wearing it in honor of not only his high school number, but of Benji, the great basketball player from Chicago that lost his life. Um, he's been a guy that every player that comes from Chicago looks up to. And so he's doing that in honor of him. So uh, get ready for those number 25 jerseys hitting models in the next week or so. Right. Because they're going to be out there. Derrick Rose, number 25. Hopefully we see him in uniform more than the other uniform he used to wear with the Bulls, which was the gray suit. You know? Let's hopefully we see him <laughs> in orange and blue. That's what we're hoping for. Right. Uh, we also, you know, now, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I was doing this yesterday. I was doing live, like, break-ins with what's going on with the parade because the parade was going on as I was on the air yesterday. Obviously, I didn't get a chance to play any interviews because they didn't finish up to like 5 o'clock. Right. You know, it, it went from being a possible two-hour parade to being a six-hour parade. Insane. They took over Cleveland. It was insane. J.R. Smith still doesn't have a shirt. And now they had Kyrie Irving walking around with no shirt. Right. They had Iman Shumpert walking around with no shirt. No shirt is the new shirt, guys. <laughs> Seriously, you, you want to spend thousands of dollars on a nice shirt. It's the new no shirt. Like, how do you feel about that? You know, hey, you know I don't mind seeing them all without a shirt on. Here we go. Not a problem for me. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem I, at I, all. I, you know what's funny? I heard this from a lot, of, a lot of other ladies that this was not a bad idea. Was it? Okay, so now you see. The celebration for us all brings us all together. That's, that's what we're calling it. Okay. All eyes on them. That's what we're calling it. We're calling it a celebration <laughs> bringing us all together. See what happens? This is how it starts. Now, you got to have every guy being brave out there wearing no shirt. <laughs> it's going to be your fault. I'm just saying. But, um,. You get to hear from the legend himself, J.R. Smith. I, and I, I do call him a legend on so many levels because he influences so many people. Not just social media, not just in the NBA. It's just everybody wants to know what he's going to do next. doesn't matter how many points he scores the game. Right. What is J.R. going to do next? That's what you wonder <laughs> sometimes, right? I do. It's, it's very entertaining, so I like to keep on, keep on to it. Well, you know he has a reality show coming out. Really? Yes, oh. he's apparently working on a reality show. He was doing this in the middle of the finals. You don't remember his daughter um, saying that I'm just happy that yeah, he didn't get fired, that he didn't get kicked off the team. Yeah, this is this is his daughter saying this candidly, just you know. I can imagine what it will be when there's a camera in front of them if oh, it is a family type Lord. of show. I can't wait to watch it. It just better be better than Deshaun Jackson's. I didn't like Deshaun Jackson. I thought it was trash. I just I don't I don't like when current athletes with you know good things going on jump into the reality TV league. It, it slowly knocks them down. Oh, it's money. Cause you know how much money they offer you. Yeah, of course. They offered him, that's all, at the end of the day, a guy like J.R. Smith is thinking, you know, hey, I, I got a career after basketball from this, probably. Right. I could be on Love and Hip Hop. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's thinking, on Love and Basketball. Oh, they could come a out with a, they could, you, hey, they have some type of career. They are making money. They're on TV Absolutely. every week, sadly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Not saying it's something to be proud of, but they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? J.R. Smith's probably thinking down the line. That's, that's called investing in his future. That's what we're going to call it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Takes his shirt off. He's already trademarked it, you know. Get tattoos. That's your shirt. Tattoos. 
So we'll hear from that. Um, LeBron saying that he's going to be officially coming back. Big news. You know, that kind of kills my whole uh, super team with the Knicks. But, hey, we got Derrick Rose. Might have Dwight Howard. Might. Keyword might. You know, there's so many options out there. I'm not saying Dwight Howard's a savior. I think he's going to be more of a, a detriment if we bring him on. But, hey, if you want to win, this is the time. Right. Also got some Olympic news that we're going to get into on today's show. A um, couple of couple of correspondent call-ins. We have Mr. Lincoln Ricketts. He's a, he's a Cuban Rose Sports correspondent. He's going to talk more about the draft and uh, give his thoughts on who's going in the top five. And he's going to be a bust this year. So uh, stay tuned for that. Also, uh, Claude LaRoche, we'll have him on the show after the break. And he's going to talk about the Knicks because he's a huge Knicks fan. Usually when he's on the show, he's talking about the Jets and he's talking about college football. But yeah. he's a huge Knicks fan. Literally fell out of his seat when he found out about the <laughs> Derrick Rose deal. And he said, I got to get on the show. I was like, but there's no Jets or whatever news. He said, I got to talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. So I got to get him on. He's going to come on after the break to discuss how he feels in regards to it. And as always, we'll take your calls. 516-900-2278. Uh, Naomi Gray is here as well. Yes. She has plenty that she has to say. And you were just on the sidelines uh, a couple of days ago, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was doing some sideline work. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I don't want. I don't know if she wants to announce what it was. I don't know if that's a. If that's oh a, no, it was uh, for Nike Pro City. It's okay. no. It's no secret. <laughs> okay, I don't know. she was saying that like you know. I mean, I'm on the contract. I can't say that. No, I no. That, <laughs> I was making sure. I was like, did I cross a boundary here? And no, she no, yell at no. Me during the break, so you don't know. <laughs> but uh, like I said, uh, we'll be right back. You listen to Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Crabbing it, you know my style, bro. 
but I can't. My man says the same, except he's sincere. Well, I'm clean cut and dapper, that's what I'm about. My man buys me things and he takes me out. Well, you can keep your man, cause I don't go that route. No, you know your opera respect me. There's a lot of girls out there who won't say no. Your opera mommy with your DJ money. Uh, boom, out of my pockets getting fatter. I wanna turn you on and excite ya. Let me know the spot on your body and I'll bite ya. So when your man don't treat you like it used to, I kick in like a turbo booster. You won't love and you don't have to ask when. Your man's a headache, I'll be your aspirin. All confusion, you know, I'll solve them. I got a man. You got a what? How long you had that problem? What your man got to do with me? I got a man. I'm not trying to hit a seat. I got a man. What your man got to do with me? I got a man. I'm not trying to hit it. I got a man. Hey, yo, baby, put it down. No preservatives and additives. I, I told you I treat you right. I oh, come on, now ain't no cute shit front. I'm not And we're back for Social Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. We're talking New York Knicks. We're talking about Derrick Rose and this, this huge trade. And, of course, i got to get one of the biggest Knicks fans that I know, Mr. Claude LaRoche, Keep It Real Sports Correspondent. Claude, how do you feel about this whole deal? Man, um, let's, it, I'm still in shock. Bill Jackson is um, really taking this team seriously this year. When I first saw that the trade went down, I'll tell you, I didn't really like it. I didn't want to lose a piece like Rolo. But, I mean, we got Derrick Rose, who, when healthy, is arguably a top top 10 point guard in this league. And he's never had the options that we have in Carmelo and Kristaps Porzingis. So this could really be huge for the Knicks. Um, I do think that this makes us at least a five or six seed in the East. And that's before we've made any other moves. We do have the funds, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. Okay, so what do you think about, you know, the whole situation with the injuries and uh, he may not be the same player? Like, what are your thoughts on that? You know what? It, it's a one-year rental. He only has one year on his contract. It's an expiring contract for 2017. And if he plays to his potential – we have gotten a steal. And if he doesn't play to what his potential, you know, is or where he was, we can, you know, we can let him go. Um, I think that his injuries is a concern, but that's also an ask. Last season he took some games off so that he can play throughout the whole season. I do believe that he'll probably, you know, have to do the same thing here in New York. So we will need a good backup point guard. But if he can play into the playoffs, we have a very strong team right now. Okay, so what do you feel like is the next move? Like, do you, you know, get another guard to, to play with him, or are you looking now towards the center? What's the next move for the Knicks? Well, Rolo was a huge piece defensively and um, hustle-wise. I do think that we have to go back and get a center. Um, there are some available options we've been hearing uh, that Joe Kim Noah might come down. Uh, we've heard that Dwight Howard was very interested in the Knicks. But um, a piece that we haven't really heard much about, and I do think is a young budding star in this league, is Hassan Whiteside. He's also a free agent, and 
if we could bring him in, I mean, that's defensive, that's uh, offensive boards. He's just he's the guy that could replace Rolo and actually be better than Rolo. Um, I also do think that we do need to get a two-guard. Um, an option that's been floating around is Kent Bazemore. Um, but we do have a lot of money. I wouldn't be mad if we took a shot at DeMar DeRozan as well. DeMar DeRozan, you know, pretty much everyone's saying that he's going to L.A. Now, looking at what the team has and getting the 2017 pick, what can we really expect? I mean, uh, Jeff Hornacek, he's running this different offense. What can we really expect with Derrick Rose, who's still like a big question mark, Porzingis, who's an emerging star, and Carmelo Anthony, who, for lack of a better word, is a feeding star. What can we really expect going into this season? Well, what we've seen from Jeff Hornacek in the past is that he's run a very fast offense, very fast-paced. Um, and so I do expect that we'll see a lot of ball movement in this next season. It's going to be a very fast team, especially with Derrick Rose, who's able to penetrate into the, you know, into the lane. And I'm excited. I think that we'll have a very, very good Knicks team, a Knicks team that's going to move, a Knicks team that's going to be exciting to watch. I might even have to buy a couple of tickets to some games at the Garden this season because the moves that Phil Jackson has made have honestly, they've changed my whole mentality towards him. Um, I can admit that last season I was saying Phil Jackson's got to go, but um, he's been very aggressive and he's taken the steps to make this Knicks team very competitive in the East this season. All right. I mean, that's pretty much what you get all the time from Cole LaRoche right down the middle, gives you exactly how he feels in regards to the New York Knicks. Claude, as always, man, thank you. It's, it's always difficult when you're going to trade somebody like Derrick Rose. And uh, Derrick obviously has meant quite a bit to this team, to this organization, and to this city. And we're very thankful with, with everything Derrick brought to the table. We... Um, uh, we want to thank him. We want to wish him well moving forward. And again, we, you know, we've been upstairs going through a number of different scenarios, a number of different things. And uh, when we looked at it, you know, we talked about a little bit about where we're at and, and where we want to head and what our process is going to be moving forward. And even though it was very difficult to move somebody like Derek, we thought it was the right decision for the, the direction that we're headed. So, you know, Derek was a big part of a lot of success that we've had here over the years. And, and especially when you've got a Chicago kid um, that, that came in, was Rookie of the Year, was an MVP, and, and helped us win a lot of basketball games. Um, but going from where we were to where we want to head, we just really felt it was the right decision to make at this time. All right, so that was uh, Gar Foreman. He's the... Uh general manager of the Chicago Bulls gave his thoughts on the situation and why they had to deal away Derrick Rose, former MVP 2011 to the New York Knicks for basically nothing. I'm, let's be honest. He took three players that really, I don't see a lot of, a lot of teams like lining up to get. Not at all. You know, and um, obviously talking to Claude and getting his thoughts in regards to it. He was saying how um, just having a backup point guard, is important to have with Derrick Rose because of the injuries. Uh, what do you think when you see a player like Derrick Rose? And you, I don't know if you remember a lot of what he, how he was in 2011, yeah. how good he was. 
Is there a chance that he can get any of that magic back playing in New York? Absolutely. Like, we were talking about the other day when it came to the whole Cavs winning the series and breaking all, you know, defeating all odds. Like, that possibility is always there. But, like you just mentioned, New York does need a backup point guard because of his history with injury. And this is a fresh start for him, as well as I feel for the New York Knicks, you know, to have big names like Anthony Rose now and Przingis now after his performance last season. You know, this is I, – I feel very hopeful for the Knicks. I'm not a Knicks fan, but I think this was a good move. I think there's a lot of building there. And I think he has a lot – you know, the fact that the tr- this trade happened early, earlier than ha- happening in July when all that free agency begins and all those – all that stuff goes on. I think it gives him time to mentally prepare mentally prepare for this and to, you know, work very hard at getting his body right, getting his game together. So, I don't think this is this is a bust. I don't think he's going to disappoint. He's obviously not going to be pulling numbers that he was pulling his rookie year in 2011 when he became MVP and whatnot because I just don't think it's going to work that way. I think it's too soon. Um but there's also room for growth with him. You know, he there also has to be that period where he builds chemistry with the other players once we figure out what this roster is going to look like. So it's not just so much of him pulling all the strings. It's also, you know, what else he's going to receive from the other players on the court with him. That's definitely a great point. And, you know, just talk about all the other players and how they fit together. Right. you got two guys that are dynamic scorers. Derrick Rose, Carmelo Anthony, guys that used to have the ball in their hands 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about Carmelo Anthony who... Um, last graphic I checked, and I think this is via ESPN, took the most shots, you know, per possession in the NBA. And uh, Derrick Rose wasn't too far off. Right. So how do you divide up the opportunities to score? Like, who takes a step back? Does Melo take a step back or does Rose take a step back? Because Murray Porzingis has to get the ball as well. Right. I think that based off Melo having that stat, I think he should take a step back. I think it's it's time that he thinks of how he's going to blend more together with these players because I think them actually playing together and not anybody really taking that much of a big step, taking that many shots, you know, it's going to be a better recipe for that, re- better recipe for them. Like, he definitely does need to fall back and, you know, kind of weigh out how things are going to work between them because, like you said, the ball does need to get in Przingis' hand. Like, that, that's that's a must. So him being a leader for that team, he does need to take a step back and see when is the right time for him to come come in, what games he should be taking that, you know, that much advantage of the ball, taking that much advantage of getting those shots. And that's going to be a tough thing. I mean, mm-hmm. just having to take a step back because, you know, let's be honest, his, the situation he had with, with uh, Amari Stoudemire was not what people expected. Right, because like Stoudemire just said, okay, Melo, it's your it's your team now. And remember, Stoudemire was there first. Um, I don't think it's going to be the same type of situation because Derrick Rose is coming in, you know, having to pretty much rebuild his career. Absolutely. So there's going to be a lot of question marks in regards to what he wants to do. He still wants a max contract, apparently. Mm-hmm. He still thinks he's owed that. So now he's in a contract year. You're going to get the best out of Derrick Rose because he wants to make that money. Absolutely. So I'm really excited for this year. Right. Now, going forward in terms of pieces to put around him, Joakim Noah seems to be the obvious choice just because of the relationship. And he's a New York guy. Joakim Noah's a New York guy. Yeah. He loves he loves playing. He loves the idea of playing in New York. Mm-hmm. And he's a hustle guy. He's not a guy that needs the ball. He just grabs rebounds. Great passer. I think he's the perfect pickup for them. Obviously, right. the lure out there is Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. That's the big deal. Because everybody's like, you know, 
Dwight Howard as much of a headache in the back, you know, situation that he is, a double-double every night guaranteed. Absolutely. You know? But would he mesh well with the other players on that team? What big... Those are three huge names. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. When you think of big threes, it's like two of them are huge names. The third one is, you know, kind of kind of a well-known guy. Like, But it needs balance. You can't have three huge names like that. I don't think it's going to balance out. It's going to be hard to balance out. It's just bringing Noah in, I think that's more of a – a better, you know, it just sounds better. <laughs> it sounds better. I think that mm-hmm. that's the smarter route to go, especially because Rose will be able to play with somebody he has a history with on the court. You know what I mean? No, I agree with you 100%. I, I just see Noah being that guy that can make it easy, an easy transition. Right, exactly. You know, he's a no-nonsense guy, goes in there. He has a good relationship with Carmelo as well because they played on the USA team together. Mm-hmm. Those three did play together, so they yeah. know – how to play with each right. other. Porzingis, I think, can adapt very well. There's going to be a lot less on Porzingis having a guy like Noah around who's not afraid to fight anybody. He's, yeah. He fights LeBron James every time they play. It doesn't matter. Um, having him and then still, you know, getting another player. I think Kent Bazemore is another guy I'm really interested in from the Atlanta Hawks right. playing the guard position. A steady shooting guard. Doesn't have to score a lot of points but can't score when needed to start next to um, Derrick Rose. I just think it makes the most sense. Right. Have Galloway off the bench. You got O'Quinn off the bench. You have um, you have um, Lance Thomas still off the bench as well, who's a very versatile player. Could play three different positions for you. There's some options there for the Knicks. I still think they need to still sign some more players. Absolutely, and that's why they have that. Now they, do, you know given themselves that cap space to do that, which is great. It's really a great move for them. You know, that trade, like, sucks for the Bulls. Don't know what the Bulls are going to do, but the Knicks, you know, worried about themselves, and I think some good things are going to come out of it. Would there probably be, like, you know, like we said earlier, it's gambling. It's a huge gamble with this as well. You know, you got to try out your options, see what you can do. But I think this was, like, a great, great step forward for them because they're, you know, picking up roses pulling so much opportunities for them. You know, there's so many ways they could go. And they do have that potential there with with their with their bench. Like they do yeah. have that potential. So, I think it's I think they're learning something up. You know, Phil Jackson is he's obviously intelligent. You know, some of the moves he made was kind of questionable, but I think him and and the rest of those guys are brewing something up and I think that Knicks fans will be more satisfied than they've been in a while after this. You know, it's it's kind of funny to hear uh, Phil Jackson, Steve Mills actually brewing something up that makes sense. But they, <laughs> they seem to be on the right path somewhere. I don't know how Phil Jackson pulled off this deal with Chicago. I understand he used to coach there and won those titles there. I don't know if there was some type of relationship he has with John Paxson or, or – no, I don't even think John Paxson involved that much. But uh, it's, it's just such an interesting trade because I can't see why Chicago was so gung-ho about making it. I felt like if they wanted to trade Rose, they could have gotten more somewhere else for him. That's just my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. That That is questionable. The team that the Bulls did decide to give Rose off. I understand why they probably would have let him off because of you know, his history. Like, like I said, Bulls are kind of in a rebuilding process as well. Like, Rose, as sweet as the, it sounds, you know, hometown, hometown hero, great, you know, great job in the early of his career and stuff like that. Like, it's a great story, but at the end of the day, it's like, he he dealt with a lot of injuries mm-hmm. like and also he's a young player as well he's only 27 28 you know so right. he's on the younger side so it, i think it was a good idea for the bulls to move him somewhere else what they got in return not so, not too sure if that was a good move for them but 
there's a lot of time, a lot of a lot of things that could happen in, in this process. Definitely. It's definitely a lot can go on. Um, you know, the Knicks team is going to have to do some more addition. Maybe, you know, another trade is in the works. Who knows? It's the draft. Today's the draft. The Knicks wanted to be in the draft really bad this year. There's a guy at a Seton Hall that they're really looking, they're really high on right now. So um, I think his name is Isaiah Whitehead. So oh, okay. They're really, really interested in him. Right. He's a guy that could be a great backup point guard. And um, potential, you never know, if Derrick Rose leaves, could be a starting point guard in this league. Yeah. So the Knicks are very high on him and would love to pick him up. This could be an opening. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. We could see them trading that pick that we just got to get into this year's draft. So That's, that's a very high possibility. So this is why we watch the draft. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, for the Knicks, like I said, um, you know, we talked about them, the Bulls. I do want to say this one thing about what they're trying to do. Jimmy Butler is the guy. Yes. It's going to be no Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol's a free agent. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find where that offense, where they're going to get the offense from. I still think they're going to they're going to be horrible this year and next year. Yeah. This is going to be a process for them. Uh, they Just rebuilding completely. Uh, Fred Hoiberg, I don't think he's the right coach for that system. And Noah wasn't a fan. Derrick Rose wasn't a fan of mm-hmm. him as well. Neither is Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler doesn't like Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. It's a shame how that franchise at one year just fell apart. And that's and that's why you have to rebuild. Like, it's not an easy process to rebuild. You're going to have to deal with having those seasons where you aren't, you know, putting up those numbers as a team, not doing well in order to get somewhere. So I think they're... They're in the process of, you know, maybe going a bit downhill, but everything winds up turning out to be a plan. Do those plans always work? No, but you have to start somewhere, you know? definitely have to start somewhere. Um, I meant to ask this earlier. What do you feel like his numbers will be, Derrick Rose, when it's all said and done after this season? Oh, my God. Just take a guess. There's no no wrong answer. Huh. Because I have my opinion. What was his numbers last season? Throw them uh, He was about 17 and 5. Okay, I definitely feel he's going to be somewhere. Maybe like, I think he's going to do, I think he's going to shock us. So I think he's probably going to average more points, especially if Melo does take a step back. So I'm going to say 21 points per game. <laughs> 21. Okay. 21 points per game. 21 points. Uh, and the assist, how about you think, assist-wise? Because he's mm. the point guard. I think he's going to get that ball around, so I'm going to give him... I don't know. I can't I can't think of a number. I can't. Can't? I um, think he is going to move the ball around. He's definitely going to do a little bit more than five, but okay. I don't think anything too crazy. I think he does 19 or 20 points per game. Okay. And i say about seven assists. Okay. I think his assist numbers are going to be up a little bit because you got Melo there, you got Porzingis, so I think he does at least seven assists. I think that's better, yeah. I don't think I, – I doubt he's going to be at five. I don't think – I think he's going to get the ball around a lot more. Yeah. I think he's going to really, really, like, impact – make an impact on these games, so. Oh, no, I, I agree. That's, yeah. that's just – I feel like he has that type of um, – that type of urgency now in his game because he doesn't want to come off as being a bust and exactly. he can't do this, he can't do exactly. that. That's a really big deal for him. And he's a guy with pride. I mean, you talk about a guy who was a 2011 MVP. Right. The, a guy they were talking about more than Westbrook, more than mm-hmm. any of these players. Absolutely. And now I have to hear that you're not even a top 10 point guard anymore. Exactly. you got to have a lot of pride. He's going to go into the situation being very you know strategic, as he should be. He has to be very smart about everything, that every move that he makes going into this, because it's got to be all eyes on him. You're going to be playing in the world's most famous arena. The Knicks, are, the Knicks fans are hungry for something to go we down. Are starving. We are so starving, yeah. he has to really go in there and make an impact, you know, make smart plays. He doesn't have to go there, 
you know, drop 40 points a game or something crazy like that. Just make those strategic moves and, you know, work well with the other players on the court. Definitely. And, you know, it's funny. They're already calling the garden the Rose Garden now. Yeah, I've heard that a few times. It's, I'm like, well, slow it. It started. Backpedal. It started. <laughs> the Rose Garden is what they're calling it. So he's got to do something crazy for me to call it the Rose Garden. He hasn't earned that right yet. Absolutely no. But um, I am excited. I'm looking forward to you know him being healthy. Can you just stay healthy? That's that's what I care about. Stay healthy, Derek. If you don't stay healthy, it looks like a horrible trade. Right. That's the bottom line. So right. We'll see how that goes. And um, also you know with the next season, how they'll progress and, and maybe be a playoff team. Can we agree playoff team this year? I think we have to wait to see what else their roster is going to be looking like. Yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't I couldn't make that call too soon. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. It's <laughs> fair. That's fair. It's very fair. But, uh, you know, we're always going to get too ahead of ourselves because when we come back, we're going to recap just our thoughts on that crazy parade that went down <laughs> in Cleveland. That uh, I'm, I'm put like this. I've heard some weird stuff. I'm going to hear some of what the players had to say. But I was hearing how they, after it was all said and done, there was, like, random fights. I heard uh, there was a car on fire. I heard random stuff. Oh, wow. Okay. That's intense if there was a car on fire. That's what I heard. I heard. Random fights are possible. You know what drinking does with people. Like, you'll be slapping fives like, yeah, we love the land, and then punching each other in the face because somebody said, oh, but I still kind of, you know, (laughs) am a Curry fan or something, something. You know, anything could happen. One person actually got shot, which I thought was interesting. But they're okay. She's okay. Um, Yeah. Okay. It gets that serious in Cleveland, man. They haven't won, you know. It's, right. What can you say? All right. <laughs> so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna destroy him too much. But uh, I'm gonna say we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Social with Eddie Easton here on Southcast FM.
edition Bobby Brown button on your sleeve I tell you come here, you say meet me halfway His brother's been popping that gang all day Around the way you're like a neighborhood jewel All the homeboys sweat you so you're crazy cool Wear your gold in the summer with your biking shorts While you're watching all the brothers on the basketball court Going to the movies with your homegirls crew While the businessmen in suits be hawking you Baby hair pumping, lip gloss is shining I think you're in the mood for whining and dining So we can go out and eat somewhere We got a lot of private jokes to share Lisa, Angela, Pamela, Renee I love you, you're from around the way dedicated fans in the world. Um, I know it looked rocky for, for, for a second, you know, being down 3-1, but y'all stayed loyal, y'all always supported, and y'all never lost faith. So for that, I want to thank you very much for myself, my coaching staff, all the players, Cleveland Cavaliers organization, and I just want to say, we did it, baby! I know there are uh, two guys on the bench that you want to uh, recognize because they're uh, the heart and soul of, of your coaching staff. Well, Larry Drew, um, it's a funny story. Larry Drew, he grew up where I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, where I went to high school. But I grew up in Mexico, Missouri. So growing up, Larry Drew went to the University of Missouri, and I've always idolized him and always looked up to him. And I've been fortunate enough to be on four different teams with Larry Drew. It started out with the Lakers, then we went to the Wizards, then we went to the Hawks, and now we're here in Cleveland. So Larry Drew, could you come in for a second, please? And I know we won a championship, but you know, things were very hard to start. You know, the way things happened and um, all the scrutiny surrounding this team and you know, having to win a championship here with a lot of pressure. And every single day, old school right here helped me out every single day. <laughs> when I was ready to jump, he was there to save me every single day. So I want to say thank you to Larry Drew for always having my back. Another guy we have, you know, old school also is Jim Boylan. Come over, Jim. <laughs> It's, it's funny how life is, you know. I played for both of these coaches. I played for him in Milwaukee. I played for LD in, in Atlanta, in Washington, and now we're here together. But um, 
these two guys have saved me. You know, they've been around. They have over 100 years coaching experience. So, so when things got tough, they always stood behind me, and they always knew the right thing to tell me. So I want to thank these two guys. And also an addition that came in second half of the season when I took over is Mike Longobardi. And we were together to, in Boston. All right, so that was Teron Liu addressing the crowd yesterday for the parade. The uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, huge celebration extravaganza, which mm -hmm. plenty of shirtless players just on floats, <laughs> enjoying the time out there. Once again, Sports Social with Eddie Easton. I got Miss Naomi Gray in the building. Now, you heard Teron Lou, and I, I bring this up only because he took over halfway through the year. Yeah. Don't you think that he owes a little bit more to David Blatt just for the simple fact that Blatt, I think, didn't get enough credit for half the stuff he did? One thing I do have to say about Tyron Lewis, you multiple times he he's addressed the fact that he has nothing but respect for um for David Blatt and he's always speaking about him. Like I hear him speak about him more frequently than I expected him to. Yeah. But he definitely does give a lot of credit to him. Right now in a situation like this, he's he's on a nat he's like on a high. I don't think they're gonna resort back to the David Blatt situation because not for nothing, that was a very negative time for the Cavs. Like, they got mm -hmm. a lot of backlash for that. They did. Extremely. Especially LeBron James as well. Like, a lot of backlash. So, in a time of celebration or time of winning the championship, I think it's, you know, finally the time to put that behind. It is what it is. You know, it's happened before. This is this is typical. Mm -hmm. Not the not the best situation for them to have a falling out with David Blatt, the team. But I don't think Tyron Lue you know, has to give him any more credit. I felt he gave him all the credit he possibly can. Right. You know, whether he did really coach them through this, yada, 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 whatever people say, LeBron coached, you know. I think, like I, I said earlier, he definitely, you know, deserves a lot of credit, Tyron Lue, for what he did. He he made the adjustments he needed to make the second half of the season, the late in the season as well, and in the postseason, in those final games, to, you know, help his team become right. Champions, you know, because they in the postseason they had a couple, you know, series where they went four and zero or whatever the case may be. You know, they did really well, and you do have to give that respect and credit to Tyron Lue for what he's done. He's been very silent, you know. He's not the guy to really make a lot of noise. He's not a Steve Kerr, obviously. No, no, completely different. So I like the route he took. He's very, very quiet, understated, very but understated. yeah, Just doesn't give you. He doesn't have to. You don't really know he's a coach half the time. I'm, and, you know, obviously, I've joked on him plenty of times. Yeah, saying me as that well. It's Coach LeBron. <laughs> but um, he, uh, he he did a good job with what he was handled, you know, handed basically. And you got to give him credit. You come back down 3 1 in a series, which everyone had you left for dead going to Golden State for game five. Yeah, and he kept his composure through it all. Every press conference, he was very, you know, very tame, very calm. And I think, I think. He deserves a lot of credit. Oh, definitely a lot of credit. You also got to realize he was an NBA champion with the Lakers. So yeah, The guy exactly. knows about winning. You got to give him a little bit of credit with that. Um, but let's talk about this actual, you know, celebration. Uh, we knew about Jr. you know, going crazy. You know he's going to have fun. You know that. Of course. But, you know, obviously seeing Kyrie loosen up a little more, seeing um, Shumpert be even more wilder than he usually is, <laughs> just seeing these guys enjoy themselves. And I really enjoy seeing Kevin Love. Yeah. WWE decked out because he's a huge wrestling fan. Right. He got a shout out from Stone Cold Steve Austin the very oh, next yeah. day on yeah on uh, WWE. He shouted him out for you know nice. wearing the Stone Cold shirt and uh, all the stuff that he did with it with the beers. Yeah. So uh, 
you know, Kevin Love is, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool seeing him actually enjoy it. You know what I mean? Right, because he was going through a lot this yeah. these final games, going through a lot. Everybody counted him out, which he still didn't put on an amazing performance or anything, but he still was with the been with the Cavs, you know, at those hard points, and he did have his good time. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely excited for him, definitely happy for him with, you know, seeing him celebrate like that and loosen up was a great thing to see. Also, just, like, seeing them all bond, like, even when – Iman Shumper and J.R. Smith first joined the Cavs. Like, you see that they had, like, this, I could say, like, natural chemistry amongst them, like, off the court. Yeah. So it's nice to see them in this, like, just, like, celebrating, being just crazy. Together, all of them being together, having fun. Exactly. It was really cool to see that. And just the way the fan base really supported, you know, supports all Cleveland sports. Having Jim Brown on one of the floats was cool. That was a big deal. That you know was really big nice. Jim Brown is. It's yeah. a really big deal. So, I just love how they pay homage, not just the Cavaliers winning, but for Cleveland winning. Exactly. That was the big deal with it. Absolutely. And uh, it was just a well-done job, obviously, besides the whole, like, fights and everything else that came out afterwards. But that's, <laughs> that's what people do sometimes. It's right. Alcohol's in the mix. You never yeah, know Yeah, parades usually are always fun, but you always got to have those cops on, on site. But what was, what was funny to me is I've seen so many videos of the cops being involved <laughs> of, like, I can't hear you, you know, <laughs> let's go Cleveland, like, going crazy. So to see cops like that is so funny because I think about, like, like let's the West Indian Day Parade here in, oh, in, in Brooklyn of how, like, the cops are so stoic and, like, don't yeah. dance on me, don't, I'm well, not participating in this. One, except for that one cop. That one cop who lost his job for getting down. Yeah, he got down. He exactly. Was... But to see, you know... The cops and the authorities getting involved in the parade as well just said how, you know, how much a bigger deal this was for Cleveland, you know? So let me ask nice. you, you, bring, you brought up that par- that parade in particular. Are you a participant in that parade often? The West Indian Day Parade? Yes. Yeah, you know, I've, I've participated the past two years. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'd rather go and actually be in the parade, be a part of all the different bands as opposed to be a bystander because it does get crazy at parades. Like, it does. That's not my thing. And, you know, when you're actually part of the parade, you have, like, security with you and, you know, people respect that you're a part of the parade. But when you're just a bystander, the the cops aren't really trying to respect you because if you're no. trying to go in and have fun, they're pushing you aside because there's just risk of things getting crazy. There's liquor, there's weed. Like, it gets crazy at these parades. So mm-hmm. I only go if I'm going to actually participate in it and I have multiple okay. times yeah that's good all right yeah <laughs> and you're representing jamaica and st kitts oh there you yeah. go jamaica all right cool that's that's what's up i got a part part jamaican i don't know yeah why. yeah not a big part but the small part. yeah my grandparents are from the caribbean so i have to give a big ups to them there you go that's what it's all about <laughs> speaking of big ups one of the main people giving big ups I, like i kept saying is the legend uh jr smith and he addressed the crowd <laughs> during the uh parade I'm not wearing a shirt, so don't ask. Yeah, but I, I saw your shirt in one of the buildings back there, so we found your shirt. Do you see that? Yeah, uh, I think the last time I took my shirt off was after the game. I gave it to my dad, and I, I ain't put one on since. We loved, absolutely loved what you did on Father's Day because you, you expressed love for your parents like we all do. And on Father's Day, was anybody, did anybody have a dry eye when they saw JR at the podium? No. But the fact that you could share it with them, can you put that in the words? Nah, I mean, it's, it's everything I dreamt it, uh, dreamt it would be and more. I mean, spending it with my family and my friends, with y'all, is, is, is the best feeling in the world. With these guys, who I go to battle with every single day, blood, sweat, and tears, I appreciate every last one of y'all. I love y'all from the bottom of my heart. I promise 
and uh, this is for us. Thanks, JR. All right, that was J.R. Smith giving his uh, addressing the crowd after the um, winning, you know, obviously during the parade and everything. But I just got breaking news. It was a trade, and I and I was talking about this earlier with a couple of people. Brooklyn has officially traded Thad Young, Thaddeus Young, oh, to the Indiana Pacers for the 20th pick and future second-round pick. So the Nets are in the draft this year. The Nets wow. are back in the draft. And this is um, from a source. Right, I'm just going to name it because I'm joking around with him actually in the chat. This is from uh, Mr. Lincoln Ricketts, who I'm going to have on the show in about another uh, 10 minutes or so. He's going to talk about the NBA draft. But uh, it's official. Thaddeus Young traded to the Indiana Pacers for the 20th pick and a future second rounder. So the Brooklyn Nets are in the draft. I think it's a great trade. Nets now can make some damage at the number 20 slot. Plenty of options there. But, uh, hey. This is what I told you. This is, this is what happens. I know, yeah. And this is what happens. I love the, the whole thing. But I thing. think that Thaddeus Young was very instrumental to the Nets, no? Like, You're I was his first, a, though, I can feel like. I was, I mean, I, I lost all hope on the Brook, with the Brooklyn Nets a while ago. But it's just like, he was somebody that I actually, you know, looked, was interested in watch play, watching play. They, they're a very young team, Brooklyn Nets. So I guess they're trying to rebuild in that type of direction, which is interesting. It's definitely going to play out interesting. I it's good for them to get in, into this draft. It definitely was a good move. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like that young, he was, you know, excited about being in Brooklyn. Yeah. Lived, you know, lived in Brooklyn Heights. <laughs> His family, oh, you know. You see, you see, I love when Naomi takes things personal. personal. She's, so <laughs> she's caring about where the person lives, where the family is. Me, I'm thinking business. I'm already thinking about his 2K rating, you know, and all of that. Yeah, That's what yeah. I'm thinking about, you know. Definitely, yeah, you, no. You, just cause it's it's so family. much more than the, those gushy feelings. <laughs> I told you I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for storylines. Like I'm a sucker for storylines. Like yeah, you went in, you went in. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm gonna actually look at the fact that now the number 20 pick goes to the Brooklyn Nets, and there's gonna be options there for them because they need a guard. Maybe Isaiah Whitehead is going to them. I don't know. Maybe you're talking about a forward here. It's options now that they didn't have before. Right. And remember, they have a new GM. He was mm-hmm. a former GM for the uh, San Antonio Spurs. And uh, I think it's Sean Marks is his yeah, name. Yeah, Sean Marks, yep. And uh, they also have a new head coach in Kenny Atkinson. So yeah. There's some things happening with Brooklyn. I, I like the trade. I think it makes a lot of sense. I know you don't like because of Thaddeus Young and loving Brooklyn, but I think for a team perspective, it makes the most sense for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, I just, like, I'm just remembering because I actually went to the press conference of when they welcomed Kenny Atkinson and just, like, Thaddeus Young was there with his wife and, like, he was, I seen them introducing themselves to Kenny Atkinson's wife. He's like, welcome to the team and all this stuff, you know. But they did talk about a lot of, you know, things changing and stuff. So, it had to to be done. It has to be done. Those feelings, eh, no feelings. Can't keep emotion. It's a business at the end of the day. Can't keep emotion. Anybody can be traded. Exactly. No one's safe. No one's safe. (laughs) No one is safe at all. But um, I know one guy that is safe, and that is uh, Mr. LeBron James. And we're going to break. We're going to play a little bit of what he had to say because he talked for a long time. We're going to play a little bit of it, okay? This is uh, LeBron James addressing the crowd, and when we come back, we're going to talk NBA draft with that Mr. Lincoln Ricketts, a.k.a. the source that broke the news about Thaddeus Young being dealt to the Indiana Pacers. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton here on Soundcast FM. Oh, man. They asked me, uh, do I have a speech or something prepared? 
I, I really don't. I'm just going to speak from the heart like I always do. Um, this, what's going on right now is still so surreal to me. It, it still hasn't hit me what actually happened. I, and I, for some odd, for some crazy ass reason, I believe like I'm going to wake up and it's going to be like game four all over again. I'm like, shit, we down 2-1 still. Like, I swear, I keep feeling that because it's so surreal. And I was talking to my wife, and I'm like, babe, we did it. Like, you guys, um, you guys always see the finished product and. Appliances. Now we just need a guy. You guys always see the finished product, and um, you know when we step out on the floor, you know either 18 minutes before the game, or if Kyrie's taking a long time to put two pair of socks on and his shoes on, we come out at like 12. Uh, you guys see it from that point to the end of the game, but what you guys do not see is um, the hard work behind the scenes when all these cameras and all these lights and everything is not around, and. I heard a lot of thank you LeBrons today and, um, you know, thanks for coming home and thanks for keeping your promise, but I, I really, um, you guys really should be thanking all the guys up here, to be honest. I'm, I'm just, I'm just one man. I'm one man with a, with a plan, uh, with a drive, with determination, with will. Uh, with a belief, a strong support system at home. Um, but I'm just one guy. And, you know, I look over here and I look at Jordan McCray, uh, a young guy that came to our team, um, you know, from the D League and, you know, just automatically, you know, just bought into what we wanted to do. And, and, and he was ready to do anything that we asked from him, you know, being a young guy. And to, to my brother, uh, JJ, that I seen a lot of things when I, there's like LeBron James makes six straight finals appearances. Well, shit, James Jones made six straight as well. And you guys never see Champ complain about playing time, complain about shots, complain about anything. And he's probably the most professional guy on our team. Um, JJ, thank you. Um, From Dante, Dante Jones, we just picked him up. He's the luckiest man in the world, I'll tell you that. He just picked his ass up like two months ago. Uh, no, but seriously, uh, true professional. You know, competing against this guy, you always knew that you got to be locked in. Um, every time he stepped on the floor. And then when he got on the team, you just saw how great of a teammate he was. And also another guy that would give anything. And you guys saw that. Um, and our game, uh, our game six at home. J.R. Smith picks up three fouls. Iman Shumper picks up three fouls. RJ had three fouls at halftime. And uh, Coach Lou and myself and Kyrie, we had a lot of faith in Dante, and Dante had faith in himself and gave us a huge boost to close out that quarter in game six. So thank you, Dante. Mo Williams.
Soundcast FM. I got Mr. Lincoln Links Ricketts on the line, and uh, he's going to give me his thoughts on the NBA draft tonight and who he feels like is uh, going to be the big surprise and uh, who's going to drop off. So, uh, Links, first of all, thanks for joining me here on the show today. No problem, no problem. Uh, who do you feel like? Well, first of all, let me just get your like your top five. Like, who do you feel like is going in the top five right now? Well, all right. Since you're saying who sh- should be going in the top five. Um, I'm thinking as a team prospect, of course, number one, we know is Ben Simmons. Number two, where you learned today, um, you know, and yesterday, that Lakers are picking up Brandon Ingram. But up next should be Jalen Brown. Um, at four for Phoenix Suns, especially what we'd be hearing with um, them trading Eric Bledsoe, they might go for Chris Dunn. 
And then at number five at Minnesota, Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill, you're really big on this guy. Like, what what makes you uh, yes, so confident since, in him? Ever, ever since you started the show, you know, we've been talking throughout the NCAA tournament that this man is something special, especially his four years being, you know, in school actually honing his talent and honing his shooting. And his shooting has become much better over the years. And throughout the combine and workouts, everyone has been raving about his shooting at one workout, even though it doesn't translate always into the NBA. But he was 85 for 100 at three-point you know, shot. So seeing that he can bring instant offense, a lot of teams in the top, I would say six, seven, will be looking at him besides Lakers and Philadelphia. But I believe that he'll be very, very high on the list, possibly number five. Okay, now obviously Ben Simmons is the consensus number one pick, and then Ingram's going to go mm-hmm. number two. Who do you feel like has the better upside, Simmons or Ingram? Well, I will. You know me. I'm going to remove the Duke bias, and I'm going to say Brandon Ingram. Here's the thing. Andrew Wiggins came out, Kansas, and we knew that he had a mid-range shot at least. And for the NBA, the way it was trending, you know, will he gain a three-point shot or will he just transform transform his whole entire game into the perimeter? And as you've seen, especially in the past year, he has. I don't see that with Ben Simmons. If you watch his highlights, it's barely anything below, I mean, before the 15-foot mark. So, you know, pick and roll would be, you know, amazing for him, but as a perimeter player that needs to get you buckets, I'm not too sure. So that's why I'm picking Ingram. Okay, all right. That's a bit of a surprise. Uh, you know, everybody's so heavy on the Simmons train. Um, mm-hmm. Now, looking at the uh, rest of the draft, who do you feel like is going to be the big surprise pick? Like, that no one's thinking about, but probably later in the draft, late first round, early second round, could be the steal of it. Honestly, it it might go to, I would say, Malik Beasley from Florida State. He's just a 3 and D kid, and basically he just locks up and he shoots a three. Basically he's a KCP, I would say, a, a Gary Harris, and we also seen Gary Harris get some minutes, especially after – Randy Foy left and went to the OKC. We actually see the minutes that he, you know, was getting. So I see someone like Malik Beasley can improve a team, especially on that aspect of a shooting guard or small forward as a 3 and D player. Okay, and uh, here's my last question now. Obviously, it's a draft, so everybody's going to be coming in dressed like it's a prom. What do you, like, I just need your opinion on this, okay? Because you saw the NFL draft. You saw guys wearing, like, it's just, like, I don't know what they were with the stomach showing and all that. But mm-hmm. what do you feel like, what do you feel like these guys need to really show up in? Like, if you if you were getting drafted, what would you show up in? Hmm. Me, personally? Oh, man, that's difficult. You know, honestly, I would do, I would do the, the mellow, the fit mellow, because mellow was wearing all white. You know, it was just too baggy. I always have the all white, but I'm going to have the red tie with the red handkerchief, you know, just to keep it subtle like that. It's not too subtle because I want to be loud out there. I want them to know that I'm coming inside the building in New York, but I'm going to have the the little red pocket square and the tie just to kill it in that style. And I guess that's how it's going to go down. Um, I appreciate it, man. Oh, and one more uh, thing. You should watch out for Thon yeah. Maker being in the first round. He's going to change these rules coming up in the upcoming year. 
He didn't go to college. He didn't do anything, but he's going to make it to the NBA. Watch. He's going to go to Toronto. You know how they love to pick up players that are, you know, projects. Oh, no, definitely. And, you know, you could see a guy from North Carolina that is a, a very highly talented Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't go too far. I'm, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't go too far in actually looking <laughs> inside that. that uh, I was in the second round. I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize. When I do my, you know, later on uh, selections and information, I'll think about looking at the second round for this UNC guy you're talking about. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you, as always. Uh, we'll see how no it problem, all turns no problem. out tonight. <laughs> Later. Yes. Let's go, Buddy Hill. All right, so that was me talking with uh, Mr. Lincoln Ricketts. Now, here's my thing. He hates North Carolina because he's a Duke fan. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, obviously, I'm talking about Marcus Page, who, in my opinion, I'm, I'm going to be on the record for this. I want you to hear this so everybody knows this is being recorded right now. Okay? okay. Ready for this? There's 60 picks in the NBA draft. Marcus Page will be drafted tonight. Okay. Let's put it down there. Marcus Page from the North Carolina Tar Heels will be drafted tonight. I have a little uh, side thing going on in regards to whether or not he's going to get drafted because all the haters I have for North Carolina. He's going to get drafted tonight. <laughs> all right? The stipulation's involved, but um, we'll, we'll reveal that on Monday. Right. <laughs> but he will be drafted tonight. Put in the books. Marcus Page will be drafted tonight. That's, I'm just putting that out there. Now, you just heard from what Lincoln was saying. Naomi, what do you feel in it? I'm going to go. I'm jumping right into it because he's all about, like, the fashion he said people were going to be wearing. Right. What We had this conversation not too long ago with the NFL and the NBA, how they should do this. He's, he was just saying that he's coming in with, like, this tight, you know, suit, fitted suit, all white with red pocket squares. Is that a good look? I kind of like it. I'm a, I really oh. like the, like, I like red on white. Red on white. I do like that. It comes okay. off very clean as long as you do it well. It's like red pocket squares could become a little tacky. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's just, I think when guys are getting ready for the draft, they need to find that boundary. There's a boundary. Of, there's a boundary of either being clean and smooth looking, doing your Clyde Frazier, or That's Craig Sager. Doing your you know, Clyde Frazier. That's that's where that boundary is. Because sometimes Craig, Craig Sager does that, like, you know, flashy thing, but sometimes it comes off super tacky. Yeah. Clyde Frazier does that as well, but it comes off smooth. Okay. So it's building that boundary, you know, all those colors, all these different things. Like I said earlier, something nice and fitted, throw in a bow tie, <laughs> I like it. Okay. So that's... You're in agreement with that. Yeah, it's your day to really express yourself, make yourself, put yourself out there, get that attention. Do it night. Do it. Do it in a good way. You know, there there are those patterns that you could pull off and still look, you know, very clean and smooth. Mm-hmm. And those powder, those patterns that have you look like a fool. So, you know, speak to your team, speak to your family about speak this before you purchase purchase these items to wear on draft night because those pictures will follow you for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, this is true. So, how about this? As guests, do you bring your? You obviously you're bringing your mom. You gotta bring mom. You gotta bring dad. Yeah. You're bringing your girlfriend that you just started dating a month ago, or you, you're bringing the. You know, like how does this work? Mm, that you just started dating a month ago. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Like, you could be in somebody's life for a long time, but you could just officially start dating a month ago. If it's a girl you just met, 
a month ago in the club and she heard that you were going to be drafted, <laughs> keep her at home. Let her tell the story to her friends. Don't be having them in no pictures that guys said are going to follow you for the rest of your life. Right, right. You know, and there's also a lot of girls who are going to be, you know, hitting them up. Hey, big head tonight, you know, previous, you know, prior oh. to the event. So you have to avoid those people. Bring your ride or dies. Bring, you know, those girls that you feel are like a family member to you, you know? No, definitely. And um, it's going to be interesting. So that means you got to bring the Topanga of the world. To yeah, the exactly. Bring the Topanga. Bring the, who else? Bring the Gina. Bring all those females. Bring the Aishas, you know, you that were holding you down since day one. Bring those people. I think they're going to be very important in your life. And don't bring the side chicks. Don't bring the, the what's that girl's name? The Rose girl who was looking at Steph oh, Curry. What's wrong with her? I mean, don't bring was... her. Those those are the those are the devil. Those girls are the devil. All right. Now, we actually have a caller on the line that wants to comment on this. And uh, we're going to put the them fashion? on. Yeah. So uh, here we go. Uh, caller, you're on the air. What's up, guys? This is Manny. Hey, how's it hey. going there, Danny? How's it going? Going good. Um, I just want to discuss one of the biggest trades of the okay, offseason. The Brooklyn Nets thing, trading Thaddeus Young for a 20, what is it, pick 20 this year? And, um, and then a future second-round pick? Yes. Game changer. I think uh, that'll be a big deal. Finally, the Nets are getting younger. Um, I'm joking about it being a game changer, but I think it's good that we got rid of Thaddeus Young because he's still a good player, and I'm happy to see him impact a team that actually could do something in the playoffs. So I wanted to discuss that, and I also wanted to see what are your thoughts on some of the moves that have happened. Well, uh, the Thaddeus Young deal, and um, if you were listening earlier, uh, Naomi took this very personal because she knows Thaddeus Young's story and how <laughs> he is such a great fit in Brooklyn. I, actually, I should ask you because you're such a huge Brooklyn Nets fan. Do you are you going to emotionally are you going to miss having Thaddeus Young on the Nets? Yeah, he was a fun guy. I mean, I think the way he played was was flashing. He was kind of kind of the game kind of passed him by in terms of like the pace and space type, but he was still a very good player. And I think, like I said, he'll matter more on a team that's significant in terms of being a contender in the Eastern Conference. But, yes, I would say, like your co-host said, Thaddeus Young very much embraced Brooklyn. His uh, wife was always posting pictures of the Brooklyn skyline and, and all of that. So it's difficult because sometimes uh, a lot of players don't want to be a Brooklyn net. Thaddeus Young, Brooke Lopez, um, Joe Johnson, those three guys both wanted to be, all three of them wanted to be Brooklyn Nets, and we're probably going to lose all of them by the end of this year. So, um, yeah, it's always tough to lose guys like that because he's still a good player, just he's on a bad team, so people don't really notice that, and they make fun of the Brooklyn Nets. But, yeah, I would agree. It's going to be tough to lose them because now we're even more unwatchable. That's hard to do. <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of sad, but, you know, I understand that. Now, um, let me get your quick opinion on the whole Derrick Rose deal, because I, I think you feel a little bit differently, especially since you're a big Knicks hater. Yes, I wouldn't say I'm a Knicks hater. I just think the expectations of Knicks fans are really high, and, and when you try to reconcile those with reality, you come off as a hater. But I do think Derrick Rose was a good trade. It's weird I'm hearing criticism that it was uh, as if the Bulls fleeced the Knicks. Um, but... I think Derrick Rose is not what he used to be. I think he's a 15 and and 6 type of guy right now. Probably a, a, a little bit below Reggie Jackson. Those types. Um, 
not very efficient. I am interested to see how he's going to get along with Melo. Because if he couldn't get along with Jimmy Butler as far as being the guy on the team, that's an interesting dynamic that nobody's really talking about. And, uh, and I do think the ceiling for the team is a playoff. Probably maybe a seventh seed, actually. And I think they'll they'll lose in the first round to to an established team like Miami or or the Heat, not the Heat, um, the Cavaliers. So I don't know. I, I see a lot of promise in it. As far as every night you tune in, you'll have a fun game to watch. But I also don't see much progress in terms of being an Eastern Conference threat. By threat, I mean getting to the second round. All right, well, um, Danny. Before you go, you know I know you had to watch the Ben Simmons premiere of his uh, brand new show, Any Given Wednesday. What were your thoughts from it? I thought it was filled of ups and downs. The up was the Charles Barkley interview. The down was the Ben Affleck interview. Um, I think I liked it, but I, I don't know how his model was sustainable. It's kind of one of those shows I would like to prefer if it was on ESPN Classic. More so than... It reminds me of... You, you remember the Sklar Brothers show at night? Yeah, um, I do. It, it kind of felt like that. Um, so I was wondering how it's going to feel on HBO. And honestly, I don't think Bill Simmons is good on, on TV. I think he's good on YouTube. And it sucks when somebody tries to force a round hole with a square peg. So I think, I think that's, that's unfortunate because his strength is new media but he's trying to force his old media on us. He's not Skip Bayless. He's not Stephen A., you know. He's not even Colin Coward. Those guys can can be on TV and radio. I think he has limitations, and um, he has to acknowledge them. Yes. Okay, that's, that's fair. And, uh, Danny, as always, man, thank you for your time, and uh, have a good one. You too, man. All right, that was Danny Class A. Uh, also a correspondent, he like he had a lot to say. He's a huge Brooklyn Nets fan, and uh, this trade just going down, so uh, it affected him, and he uh, he had to call in. He had to say what he had to say in regards to it. So you weren't the only one. I know I wasn't the only one with that emotional connection to Thaddeus Young, <laughs> but like he did make a good point. He's a great player, and he should be able to you know put his talent on the forefront in another team. Brooklyn Nets have has so much rebuilding to do. Like oh, yeah. a lot of young players, a lot of things that needs to go on there, and I guess you know. That just wasn't a perfect fit at this right time. But it's fine. Like, he could rebuild somewhere else. Lots That's more it. opportunities. Lots more opportunities. And, um, you know, obviously we're, we're beginning, like, to wrap the show up now. I just – going into the, tonight's draft, just seeing the way everything is set up and um, the, the different trades that are being made and we're talking about teams wanting to move up or, you know, just get into the draft itself, I still see the Knicks trying to find a way in. The Nets found their way in. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of surprises. So if you're watching and you're not really a, a big fan of following the draft or following the NBA, you'll find you're gonna really find a lot of interesting stuff here that make it exciting. Because I've gone to the draft about the last three years I've gone actually mm-hmm. in person. It's a great event to go to if you're a fan, a real fan, because the atmosphere, the energy, you're you're gonna get nothing but real fans. Because only real fans will show up to an event that's not an actual basketball game. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just to see players get announced. Right. And uh, I remember sitting with a bunch of Philadelphia 76er fans. <laughs> They're going to be 
Oh, they're going to be loud. Today. They, they travel in packs. <laughs> Lots of them. All wearing old Sixer jerseys. It's just real, you know? And I remember arguing, like having a good fun argument with them, especially when we drafted Porzingis. Mm-hmm. And they were looking at us like, who? Chris who? They kept, you know, like doing that whole thing. And um, obviously they're kind Shut of regretting. They're yeah. regretting not getting Chris Stapps when they had the chance to. And, you know, we wanted Okafor at the time. Now we're happy we didn't take him. Yeah. So it's always that fun little thing about back and forth. You're going to see a lot of Boston fans. Anybody in the Northeast, they travel well. So you're going to see, like I said, there's going to be some Nets fans. You don't see as many Nets fans as you think you should. Because right, I don't it is feel at Barclays like, as well. I don't feel like the Nets have a real fan base. That's my opinion. Besides, yeah, guys people like are Danny. still figuring out who they have to cheer for. <laughs> that's that's a big deal. That's a real big deal. But um, you're going to see Philly there. You're going to see Boston there. It's a great atmosphere for anybody that is going tonight. You're going to... You're gonna, you're, mm. Oh, look at me. I'm all over the place. You're taking, you're taking some of my steps, the stuttering, yeah. I'm stuttering. I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> so, you know what? That's that's okay. We're going to work through this. <laughs> you're going to enjoy yourself at this thing as I stutter through that. <laughs> you're going to enjoy yourself at the event. It's going to be fun. Um, you're going to see, like like we were talking about earlier, the red pocket squares on <laughs> white suits. You're going to see everything under the book. And um, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Just everybody check that out. Um, any last thoughts? Nope, I'm just like I'm. I'm actually going to going to tune into the draft. I, it seems like it's very exciting. Now that Brooklyn's in there, I want to see what move they make. I want to see also what the Knicks are going to follow up with if they will tonight. So definitely looking forward to this. It's a start. It's you know it's, it starts everything up. So definitely going to tune in. Definitely going to tune in. And um, as we go, I actually want to leave with a little bit of Ben Simmons on the Jimmy Fallon show. And uh, discussing, obviously, his new sneaker contract. And uh, you get to, get to know a little bit about his personality. I think a lot of people don't know. They just know the stories about him. So this, is, I think, is a good thing to go off of. And um, until next time, Miss Naomi Gray, thank you as always. Thank you. I'm Ed Easton. This is Sports Social. We'll be back for episode number 40. Wow. 40 on Monday. So uh, check that out. And uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Ben Simmons, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate this. This must be a very exciting time for you. Definitely. Um, a lot has happened in the past four years, but it's exciting. Yeah. What I'm trying to think of what your accent is there. Australian. <laughs> Australian mixed American. Oh, really? Yeah, my dad is from New York, actually. Oh, where is he from? Uh, the Bronx. Hey, all right. Yeah. I'm representing. Great. And you, were you born in the Bronx? I was born in Australia. So he uh, played professionally in Australia, met my mom, and then... I'm here. Yeah. Uh, and then after Pup, you, uh, you grew up. Uh, yeah. And then it, what, what made you want to move here? Uh, the level of competition out here is much higher back home. So I figured, you know, I wanted to play against the best and be the best. So, you know, America is the spot for that. And wow. And you're doing pretty well. You're doing all right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, presumptive, you're going to go number one draft pick. So your life is about to change on... On Thursday night, uh, and I, I, I know Philly has the number one pick, and, uh, and LA has number two pick. Uh, the roots. The can you say where you're gonna go? Or... Find out Thursday. <laughs> Find out Thursday. Yeah, yeah. We want to be excited, but uh, uh, if you end up going to Philly. Uh, I got a cheesesteak for you. Um, this, is, um, this is from uh, D'Alessandro's. Kamal told me about this one. This is in North Philly. Uh, D'Alessandro's on uh, uh, Wendover Street, North Philly. This is the jam right here. <laughs> <laughs>
Have you had a Philly cheesesteak yet? A couple. Yeah. Not, oh, this not is, in Philly, though. This so. is the jam right here. This is good. Please, uh, uh, cheers. Enjoy, and good luck to you here. Uh, we actually, uh, yeah, this is good stuff. Oh, good luck. Oh. Feel good. It's not bad, right? This is great. I can live um, in Philly. I should say, we have an announcement backstage that's something we can talk about, but this is even crazier, I think, kind of. You, you are guaranteed to have a deal with Nike for $20 million. So you now, is, is it done? Did you sign the deal? Yes. You signed the deal? I'm with Nike, yes, yep. Did you, was your hands shaking when yeah. you signed it? No, I was happy, I was excited, you know. I mean, you have, now, you have more millions than you have years of your life. <laughs> That's unbelievable. It's, uh, it's really surreal, but you know, I've, I've been blessed and, you know, with a great family around me, a sporting cast, so, you know, couldn't ask for better people to be around me. And you're also involved with LeBron James's management. Right? And has he given you advice, LeBron? A lot, yep. He's a great guy. Man. Definitely. He's a good guy to get advice from. He really is. He's been on the show. He's just a good guy. He's surrounded, again, with his friends, close friends. What was, what was the advice? Do you remember anything in particular? A lot of different things, but, you know, whenever I need advice, you know, I can go to him. He's is that been, right? He's been through a lot, um, experienced a lot of things that I probably will go through, so he's definitely a great person to reach out to. Absolutely. He was, uh, I mean, he... I mean, he must give you, because you're number one draft pick. I mean, he was number one. Right. And Lon, come, do you, have you picked out your suit yet that you're going to wear? I'll be wearing a suit by uh, Brioni. So, that's, you, you got, you got that's James Bond going. right there, yeah. Because uh, LeBron went for, like, uh, wedding white uh, when he... I, I don't know if I'd take advice on this, on this jam right here. Uh, but because this will live with you right, forever. Right. So make this, this is like a prom photo. Look at this. He's like, <laughs> he went to the prom with a basketball. You know, that's that's when you know you're committed. I, I found this photo because it's just me. This is Vladi Divac. He's amazing. Uh, look at his. Uh, this is his suit. He looks like he just came out of an OTB. <laughs> um, he just he just bet on a racehorse and. Uh,